You're listening to the Evolving Truths Podcast, featuring mother-daughter hosts, Shannon Day and Alexis Ray, where honest and vulnerable conversations about personal growth create a connection between all of us. You're invited to experience the transformation that occurs when we allow the truth of who we are to evolve. Hello, you beautiful heart and soul. Welcome back to the Evolving Truths Podcast. My name is Alexis Ray, and with me, as always, is my mama, Shannon Day. What's up, mom? Hey, Lex. Not much. What have you been doing with yourself lately? I feel like my last few weeks have been super busy, and I've done more than I've done in months since my symptoms really picked up and started. I've been working on Janin Maintenance, which is the handyman business that I manage remotely. I've been working on a second job, which is sales. And I started taking calls for that last week. I've had more of a social life than I've had. And I am doing all of those things on top of still managing my symptoms, trying to pace myself, avoid getting migraines and learning how to navigate the freaking insurance and appointment loopholes, like all the steps that you have to take. So they definitely make you jump through a lot of hoops. That is for sure. Yeah. I have felt so busy It's really cramping my style. It's nice that you're feeling better and being able to do more things and and having to figure out how your body responds to them and then adjust as needed, because that's really the only way you're going to know what your brain can handle. And that's what I have to stretch past my comfort zone in order to continue to like improve my threshold. It's like that story of if you put a flea or some type of bug in a jar and it will hop around, you know, mm-hmm. to that height. Mm-hmm. So and then it bonks take, its head on the top. Yeah. And then you take the lid off of the jar and it still will not jump out of the jar because it thinks it has that limitation on it. Mm-hmm. I currently feel like I'm working on trying to jump out of the jar and see how high I could jump. And at the same time being like, oh, my body's jar of what I can handle without triggering my migraine flares. It's just a learning It's just a learning. So long story short, I'm tired and I'm super excited and proud of us for being here. And that's just where I'm at right now. You are getting some nice pool time. Not as much as I was. Again, this whole work thing is like cramping my style, but I am getting to go to the pool on the weekends. The last two weekends, I've forced myself to not work on the weekend, quote unquote work. You know, the to-do list never ends. And so really dedicating a couple of days a week of rest and not doing anything has been good. Tell me what's going on in your life. Tell us about today's conversation. Where are we at? What's up? Busy working. Also helping my mom a lot with the recent passing of grandma and mom getting ready to move. So doing a lot of things with that. We may have already discussed this. I have this 3D match game on my phone Oh, girl, stop it right now. I love that. When I'm struggling mentally or emotionally, like this weekend for me was really hard. And 
I will just sit on my phone for hours playing that. If I could figure out how to put that on my computer and play it on a bigger screen, forget about it. But I won't. I won't. So this week, one of my goals is to work on how I'm using my time because I get that time report on Sunday mornings from my phone. And I will not even disclose to you how many hours last week were spent on that game, but it's fine. Higher or low above 12 hours. So on that note... I have these business coaching oracle cards by Michelle Voss. And so this morning I was <laughs> nice getting my pivot. Stop <laughs> it right now. Hold up though. Okay. <laughs> Just tell me yes or no, higher than 12. Okay. So here's the thing. I was getting myself organized for the week because I am out of town, house and dog sitting. I had my stack of cards and I was like, okay, I need a theme for the week. I asked my cards, what do I need for this week? Are you ready? Yeah, girl. Time. Time is the most valuable currency you have. Honor your priorities and what you value most. Everything else will work itself out in some form. Honoring your time is being in full integrity. You always have the freedom to realign your life and business. Be intentional. (laughs) How on point. I was like, wow, that card is so on point. So I'm not going to stop playing the 3D match game, but clearly I need to adjust how I'm doing it, create some boundaries for myself and think about this with time. I'm very excited to be here hanging out with you right now. And really excited too because we have a guest. Oh, yeah, girl. I love this woman. I had the opportunity to meet her. I don't even know how long ago. We could work backwards here. It had to have been like 2008. 2009 when you started volunteering because wasn't she your like OG volunteer coordinator? (laughs) She was at the domestic violence shelter and I always was just like I want to be friends with her. She has the best laugh which really hope everyone's going to get to hear. Super caring individual and she just makes you happy when you're around her. So today we are very excited to welcome Laura Williams. Yay. Welcome, Laura. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me and making me cry already, Shannon. We want to tell you just a little bit about Laura before we get into today's conversation. Laura was born in Piqua, Ohio, has called Colorado home since 2001. She has her bachelor's degree in psychology from Miami University and spent the early part of her career providing support and care services to youth and families in historically underserved populations. In 2017, Laura made a dramatic career shift when she began working as a real estate assistant. And in 2020, she acquired her real estate license. Working in real estate is exciting and challenging to say the least. But perhaps most importantly for her, it has brought to light the glaring wealth gap that exists between those who own real estate and those who don't. As a Northern Colorado realtor, Laura's primary goal is to educate others about the wealth building opportunities that come from home ownership and to help them get connected to the right people to make that a reality. 
In and outside of her work, Laura strives for vulnerable interactions that help to build a community around her of people who are living their most authentic lives. She recognizes the life-changing impact years of therapy have had on her growth as an individual, within her family, and relationships, and as part of her greater community. Laura sits on the board of directors at Hub Real Estate, is an active member of the BIPOC community in Northern Colorado, volunteers regularly with the students at the Fort Collins Cultural Enrichment Center, and works to bring awareness and support to many service-oriented nonprofit organizations in the area. With all of that, Laura still manages to have some free time, and she likes to fill that seeing live music, spending time in the river with friends, and snuggling up with her partner, Ryan, and their pup, Maybe, and kitty, Lil Mama. Dang, Laura, I just learned so much about you. <laughs> First and foremost, I have to know, what was it like going to school in Miami? Oh, gosh, I, this is a huge mistake that everyone makes. So it's Miami University in Ohio, oh, not the University of Miami. <laughs> I fell for it too. I Let know. me just cross that off my list. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was way less exciting than it would have been in Miami, I'm sure. Okay, well then next most important question, <laughs> I suppose, coming from your bio that I want to jump into <laughs> is, can you tell us what BIPOC is? Sure. So BIPOC is an acronym. It stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. So it's a shortened way to include all folks who are people of color. Laura, can you tell us more about being an active member of the BIPOC community or a member of the BIPOC Alliance? Sure. This has been a recent discovery for me being here for 21 years already in Fort Collins. I didn't have much of a community of Black people, people of color in general. So my therapist who I will probably shout out so many times today in this Oof, conversation. Yes. She mentioned a, a friend of hers who was a part of this community and a part of the BIPOC Alliance several times. It took me seven years to get prepared to be able to feel like I fit in there, like I would belong in a community like that. So they create community for folks of color in the area, safe spaces for people to just be themselves without having to consider what other people might be thinking about us or having to use other people's resources. It's very focused on creating the community for ourselves by ourselves. The focus is just on joy, creating joy and creating experiences of liberation and freedom and just really living our freest lives as we show up in the world. One of the things I love is just that all of the reasons that I thought I didn't belong in the black community specifically really came like I just see little parts of me and everybody I meet there and so it was really clear once I was able to get out of my fear that there is so many similarities among us and so many awesome differences that there's no one way to be black and that's one of the most beautiful things that I've learned about being a part of that community. Thank you for telling us more about that and I love that you found that and have that space. Oh, yeah, it's made a huge difference for me. It's been a lot of unlearning of all of the stuff that I grew up thinking about myself and others. It's still a journey and I'm excited to be on it for sure. You also mentioned that you volunteer regularly with students at the Fort Collins Cultural Enrichment Center. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, this is one of my favorite things I do each week. The Cultural Enrichment Center is a community center in Fort Collins for students, specifically for middle school through high school. Kids who identify as Black or African American can come, and it's really just a place to get to know each other, to find community. We're all spread out in this Northern Colorado area. It's quite surprising when I get in there, and on any given day, we've got 10 to 20 Black students in there and their families. And so it's just an exciting way to connect. They provide opportunities for kids to learn about like video production, music production, Black history, African history, computer programming. Last year, they made an electric bike. So there's just all of this really great programming. We do tons of fun stuff. Last year, we took a group of, I think, seven kids to Washington, D.C., got to visit the African-American History Museum, got to go to Howard's campus. So just some really cool experiences for kids to just be able to, again, be themselves, be comfortable, show up as their full selves. And for me, getting to connect with these families has been a real blessing, too, because it's always nice to be around somebody that looks like you. And so... This is a place that provides that for kids. I'm somewhat familiar with the organization and try and find ways to be supportive. Yeah, you've been, and... you've been a huge champion of that. <laughs> and I'm finding that there is a lot of support for this organization, whether it's financial or spreading the word or participating. We were downtown a couple of weeks ago doing the kids are create. They're making a documentary about what it's like to be black in Fort Collins and they got to interview all these folks and most of them were white. It was lovely to just have their support and they were learning about the Cultural Enrichment Center and they were just like, what? This is awesome. I'm so glad this exists and I'm really happy that you guys are doing this and going to bring attention to some of the issues that are not quite so happy happening in the schools specifically here. It's been pretty cool. I just have to pull a thread out of this because community is so important. Thank you, Laura, for sharing how it's positively impacted your life. And I'm curious about some of the hurdles. I know you mentioned feeling like maybe you wouldn't fit in. How are you able to find that bravery to get more involved? Yeah, now that I've stepped into this new landscape for myself, everything I was thinking was in my own head, but it also was in everyone else's head. I had a lot of thoughts about not being Black enough. My hometown was mostly white. I grew up mostly interacting with my mom's side of the family. My mom's white. My dad's black. We didn't have really any kind of education about the joy of blackness, the celebration of blackness. And so what I learned was that it wasn't great to be black. Through therapy, I understood that I was doing a lot of distancing myself from blackness because in my mind, it wasn't good, right? It was there wasn't anything good about it. I saw that in my community, you know, my hometown community. It was clear that the Black kids didn't have resources. So I spent 45 years <laughs> distancing myself from Blackness and thinking that Black people didn't like me, like I didn't fit in. Through a lot of therapy, I had to recognize that a lot of that was internalized, my own internalized racism, which a lot of people experience. I had to learn that my Blackness was just as valid as anyone else's Blackness. I'm so grateful that you have therapy and what it took to be able to pull that internal courage out to just be like, yep, I'm ready to give this a try. 
Yeah. The very first event that I went to, I laugh at myself now, but I showed up five minutes early and I was like, I don't want to walk into a room of everybody knows each other. I was the very first person there and Rashida, I think she's the executive director, was there to greet me and it was like we were long lost friends and I couldn't have felt more welcome. And then there were a couple of people that I knew just from seeing them around town. And this was years of like learning. I had to go from accepting my blackness, like in a way of, well, I guess it's what I've got. <laughs> so, so many steps of embracing and celebrating it and recognizing it as this wonderful piece of me and to show up as my whole self. And if that's what people love, then they love it. My therapist, we said it a million times that the world needs me to show up as my full self. And I try to embrace that every day. It's hard, but it's worth it. I find that I have a lot of joy and energy when I do do that. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you for letting me ask these questions. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. It's good for me to say it out loud, right? Like the more I say it out loud, the more I can believe it. Then the more it becomes true. Like each time we practice it, it gets a little easier. Definitely. We love that you chose to say it here with us on Evolving Truths. And once this episode is released, Laura, any days where you're kind of struggling, guess what? You can just go back to this episode and listen to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And get that positive reinforcement that you need from yourself. Love it. As Laura said, she does a lot to bring awareness to and support service-oriented nonprofits in the Fort Collins area. And April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Both Laura and I have connections with SAVA, which is the Sexual Assault Victim Advocate Center. She was going to be at an event and she's like, Shannon, do you want to come? The event happened to be at a brewery. So Laura really had to twist my arm, (laughs) but I did show up. And found Laura at a table chatting with some other people. And we just had really fun conversation that night. Also some challenging conversation and connection. But Laura talked about a recent experience that she had. It made me think about a conversation, Lex, that you and I had had just like a week or so before recording for our podcast about me hearing a song that I used to not be able to listen to and how different that experience was for me. Lori was talking about sitting on her porch, drinking a cup of coffee and reading a book and something happened and then her reaction to it. And I was like, oh my goodness, I literally just kind of went through this same thing, but they were coming from two different places. And so I thought it'd be fun to have her on here to share her experience and have some discussion around this. Laura, again, you are amazing. But this was kind of specifically why we invited you to be here with us today. <laughs> Tell us your story, Laura. <laughs> it's so funny to think about it because it was such a small situation, but it really did mean a lot. So I was sitting out in my backyard on my patio and I had a cup of coffee and I had it sitting on the arm of the chair. But at some point while I was reading, not anything big happened. I didn't like jump up or move or the dog didn't bump it. But somehow my cup fell and broke. And oh. I thought to myself in that moment, what growth? I don't break cups. I don't knock things over. 
I don't, I don't do those things. Things don't fall off tables around me because I have always had such a hyper vigilance about making sure that there were not mistakes being made in my presence and that I wasn't the one making them. And for me to have broken that cup in that moment was this like understanding that I was able to just be sitting there present in my life enough that I wasn't trying to make sure that this mug didn't fall off the chair. That was the first mug I've broken. And I can't even remember the last time my husband breaks glasses on a weekly basis around here. (laughs) And so it was a lovely experience for me to be able to say, wow, like something is changing. Something is breaking down. Something's chipping away internally where I can be present without the fear of a mistake happening. I think it also helped me, like I just made fun of Ryan about, you know, breaking glasses. And I have a thing about it. When he does it, I think all these negative things about him. He's not paying attention. He doesn't value our things. He's just scatterbrained or whatever. Like all these things that to whatever extent I feel about myself, right? And then kind of on the flip side, I feel proud of myself, like, because I don't do it. But really, I know it comes from this state of hypervigilance that is so unhealthy and pulls me out of myself at all times. And through therapy, I can realize where it came from, for sure. Would you say originally it started out as like a survival tactic? I mean, you don't have to tell me everything that you've unpacked in therapy, but I am going to unpack this a little bit. Definitely. Yeah. Less of a, like my home was just like, it was just strict in a way of like, you didn't I don't know. My sister and brother probably have a different experience. But for me, I just went around getting it right, like doing everything right. And it was understood that that was the best way to be in my home. We weren't able to like ask questions. We didn't get to say why. We didn't get to, you know, you just did it. My dad was always pushing our cup away from the edge of the table right? Even as adults, that would happen. And I do that to my friends. And I do that to my friends' kids. And I see like the dog's tail is getting close to your beer glass sitting on the coffee table. And so somebody better move it. Like the world will end if that glass gets knocked over. I think that was just ingrained in me. I do know, or at least I suspect that a lot of my dad's expectations for us was as a result of him growing up as a black man in the 50s and 60s in small town, white Ohio, you have to be perfect. If you're not perfect, really bad things can happen. If you don't behave, if you don't do it exactly right, if you don't walk through life with these high standards, really shitty stuff can happen to you. And so it makes sense that he brought us up that way. And so it also makes sense that's how I behave now. But I also recognize like that a lot of that comes from what other white people are going to think about me. You know, my dad, I'm sure he had the idea of he wants white people to think that his kids are well-behaved and that they have manners and that they're educated. All of these things that black kids are already have, they already do have manners. They already are educated. They already are loving and kind, but we have to go one step further and make sure that we're perfect. So It all makes sense. And I've had to do a lot of healing around that. I don't think that my dad 
holds the same belief or understanding of the behaviors. That's for him to unpack. But this small incident with a coffee mug is replayed over and over in lots of different ways in my life. A lot. (laughs) Sure. So yeah. We talk about life going through certain experiences like a corkscrew. Each time you go around, each revolution you're making on the corkscrew, like you're a little bit further along, even though it comes up again. And then finally, when you reach the end of the corkscrew, we just discovered this with mom's experience with the song and now your experience with this mug of being able to have that moment where you just sit and you're like, I just leveled up is kind of what it feels like. I love it. It does. It really did feel like that. It was like this surprise of like, well, wait a minute. Usually I responded in this other way. What happened? (laughs) Something changed. Yeah. And you're just like, is wait, Okay. Like I just did everything that I've been saying that I want to do in response to this. And it just happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So awesome. I do want to rewind a little bit because this came up while you guys were at the brewery for this event. And Laura, you shared this story with the group. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, we talked about it then. People are probably like, what kind of conversations are you guys having? At our table, one guy who was with us had set his beer down and it's almost like the beer jumped off the table <laughs> because the next thing we knew, there's beer everywhere. The glass hit my leg. My leg was bleeding. Not dramatically, but I just want to point out I did have a little blood on my leg. And we were all like, oh my goodness. Well, come to find out as we looked at the table closer the end of it like curved down. So if you didn't have your cup situated exactly right, the cup just went right off. I was thinking about it in situations like that. Mind you, we gave him crap for it the rest of the night, which maybe wasn't the nicest thing to do, but we did. We probably would have done it to any of us, but we're all also like, here, let's help pick up. And that's not a big deal. These things happen. We give that grace to other people most times. Why are we more willing to give grace to others and not ourselves or those closest to us? But that's how the whole thing started, Lexis. Well, I'm curious, what was it like, Laura, sharing that story with this table of people? Did it feel like a vulnerable share or Had you already told someone about it and this wasn't your first time retelling the story? I certainly hadn't told these people. I think I had shared that probably with a couple of close friends and definitely my therapist. She celebrated with me. One of the things that I'm trying to do in my life is normalize vulnerable conversations and normalize authenticity. I think I've done it naturally for a long time probably most of my life. I think anybody who knows me has probably seen me cry (laughs) many times because I have always been what everybody described as sensitive. And I think that it has shifted a little bit in my later years from not being able to control my emotions, in quotes, to recognizing my emotions as a strength and as a positive thing. It gives other people permission to be the same, to have vulnerability, to be authentic, to share whatever the emotion is. If it's joy or if it's grief, like 
in everything in between. So when I shared that, it didn't feel unnatural to me. One of the things I often see people feel uncomfortable with it, like they don't want to go there. And I guess that's probably telling me that I'm doing it right then in that case. Obviously, I want people to feel like they're safe. (laughs) And I certainly don't want to voice all my emotions all over somebody all the time. But I do think the more I do that, the more it feels comfortable to me in appropriate settings. But I want to create a space where that's welcome. I don't really have time for inauthenticity anymore in my life. Hell yes, girl. Amen. (laughs) Preach on. (laughs) Welcome to Evolving Truths, where all (laughs) we want to talk about is vulnerable shit. I'm here for it. Yeah, it feels good and it feels right. And the more I surround myself with people who are doing the same, or at least who are okay with it. Like I know that everybody isn't as open or even aware of what's going on internally, but I think it gives people permission to try it, try it out. I find that people seek me out or people do share in my, in my presence, really deep authentic things. And that feels great to be someone that somebody else can feel safe around to share something like that. It's a huge permission. I think it's another way to connect and build community. My next question, unless mom, you have any questions or I could just keep asking away. Lexis, you ask such great questions. And of course you can continue to ask questions, but I don't know. I don't want to say, but cause you know, when we say, but everyone says everything you said before that doesn't count. Lex, you ask great questions, and I feel like we've already talked about a lot. I am so grateful for this conversation so far, and I want to sit with it for a bit. So before asking your next question, let's do a quick recap of our conversation with Laura so far and save the rest of our discussion for next week. Sounds good to me. What have been your favorite parts? Uh, I mean, everything. Laura is amazing, isn't she? I mean, I'm nodding my head. I know other people can't see. I am so grateful that she has been willing to share her experience of coming into her most authentic self with us. Yeah, that really stood out to me too of her just talking about her experience first of distancing herself from her blackness to accepting it, embracing it and celebrating it. Like it, it chokes me up. We can all have different parts of ourselves with that. But when it comes to race, which is something you can't hide or get away from to just hear her say that and speak to that fills me with so much joy for her and makes me want to work even harder to make sure that I am authentic in how I show up in this world and in making sure that I am really creating a space for people of color to do that around me. Amen. I just had to take a second. I admire so much about Laura's journey and you as a friend to her and not just to Laura, but anyone else in the BIPOC community that you have 
developed relationships with and basically what you're doing as a white woman to own your part of showing up in a multiracial community is admirable and honestly setting a new standard because I don't know anyone else that I've had a conversation with who has so intentionally worked on this. And I admire you for that. I know we're talking about Laura's story here, but I think credit needs to be paid due where it's due. And your journey diving into this with Laura, bringing her to the podcast, opening this door to the conversation with her is just as big. Thank you, Lexis. I appreciate that. I think it's interesting because this started from us having a conversation about her breaking a coffee cup. And I loved her saying, like, I was sitting there and went, wait, I've changed. And how from something that we could consider small, and I'm, you know, putting that in quotes, it gave her this realization, just like I've recently had a realization. And I think a lot of us have those in life, but sometimes we, we miss them. We're, we're so busy or we don't want to put ourselves in a space to be a little bit vulnerable. And that was another one of my favorite things that she talked about was normalizing vulnerable conversations. And in that normalization of vulnerable conversations, also recognizing our emotions as a strength. She said that for herself, recognizing my emotions are a strength. And another thing that she said, I mean, there's just so much, but she said, I have no more time for inauthenticity in my life. We could make so many t-shirts from our conversation with her. We might need to talk to her about that. I agree with you because not just the t-shirt part or those one-liners, but when she was really talking about that, it was taking me back to my emotional becoming. And I just felt a deep connection to what she was saying about authenticity and stepping into herself and realizing that who we surround ourselves with and the support that they provide for us, as well as who we are supporting in their journey to be their most authentic selves or to develop as a person or a professional, that hit for me. And I think the reason it hit, or I guess now in my own corkscrew revolution of growth, feeling like I've passed that realization and recognizing or being able to see where Laura is in her journey of bringing authenticity into her life and elevating the relationships that she is in and choosing what to keep and choosing what to let go of. I love that she's on this journey. I can't wait to continue supporting her through it. And it really reminded me a lot of the emotional work that I've done over the past three and a half years. Yeah inspiring the work she's doing, the work you've done, the work, I mean, the work that we're all endeavoring to do and that is here with us in Evolving Truths, that's why we're here, is inspiring for all of us and creates this space. Well, and it's just confirmation. Sorry, I I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's just confirmation, like getting to connect with another person who's saying the same words that I started saying, whereas like, I don't have time for inauthentic people anymore. I don't have time or it's not even time. I don't have an energetic capacity because we as a person only have so much energy, regardless of your health status in my case. But where you put that energy and that finite resource 
is so important. And taking control and individual responsibility and intentionality of where you put that energy, man, I love it. It lights me up. And again, it's just confirming. It lets us know that we're not alone and getting to have that conversation, like you said, here with Evolving Truths, that's truly the whole entire reason that this podcast started. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Another thing that I'd like to point out was learning about some organizations here in Fort Collins that are doing some great work. And while neither of those organizations are a space for myself, still finding ways to be supportive of them. So the BIPOC Alliance here in Fort Collins, as well as the CEC or the Cultural Enrichment Center. So we'll make sure that we've got links for those organizations in our show notes. People can look and find ways to support them as well. Uh, And on a fun note, or I'll, I'll say a fun thing. Is there anything else you'd like to share from the conversation before I do that? Go for it. I loved it. I can't wait to share part two. Yeah, me too. So on a fun note, we learned that there is a Miami University (laughs) in Ohio. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) You're welcome. So We hope you enjoyed this week's conversation with Laura just as much as we did. Let us know. Also, please share it with others. If mom and I are totally your cup of tea, please leave a five-star rating of the show. Follow the show on whatever platform you are listening. Like my mom said, share this episode with someone that you would like to start a conversation with. We will be back next week. But until then, please remember... Life is beautiful and you create the magic. Have a good one. Connect with Shannon and Alexis and the Evolving Truths community by visiting evolvingtruthspodcast.com. Links are in the show notes. The artwork for this project was created by Julie B. Salazar and is entitled Celebration from the Inner Landscape Print Series. The Evolving Truths podcast is produced and edited by Shannon Day and Alexis Ray, recorded from the Corner Studio in conjunction with Alexis Ray Enterprises, LLC.